Welcome to Scale Up Heroes, where we bring the best minds with the best real life experiences when it comes to scaling up businesses. These are the heroes that took on the difficult odds, and they have lived and are living to tell the stories. I'm your host, Randy Cantrell, and to all of our viewers, we would invite you to visit our website, scaleupacademy.io. Today, we're discussing scaling up engineering, and now I'd like to bring in our moderator for today's discussion. He is Pedro Torres. He is the engineering director at TalkDesk. Thanks for leading this conversation today, Pedro. Hi, thank you, Randy. <clears throat> so, hi everyone, and welcome to this to this session. So, I have the, the pleasure to be the moderator, um, and I have uh, here with me today. I have Anna from Maptide, and I also have Miguel from UniPlaces, to scale ups that are based here in Portugal. And that I'm inviting now. Uh, I think we can start with you, Anna, ladies first, uh, <laughs> to present yourself and obviously Aptoid to the people that are following us. Uh, hello. Uh, so my name is Ana Lara Simões. Uh, I work here in Aptoid, which is an Android app store. Uh, I am the head of uh, Android developer here. And now I am uh, working with two main products, uh, Aptoid app and also in Aptoid TV. Okay. Um, hello. Uh, I'm Miguel Loreiro here uh, from UniPlaces. So I'm head of te technology here. Uh, we, we, uh, UniPlaces is a marketplace for student accommodation. So our vision is to facilitate everything on the, on the student life during their, their, their uh, international experience. And I'm currently working with all the engineering teams and actually scaling from, from since the beginning. So since four years ago. Uh, so, so it's, it's been a very, very nice, very nice, uh, uh, a very nice opportunity to, to work here. Looking forward to, to, to explain more about it. Cool. Great. Great to know. Um, by the way, so Miguel is since the, the beginning of UniPlaces. Anna, uh, how long mm -hmm. have you been at Uptide? Um, I have been here since one year and a half. Huh. Uh, yeah, one wow. year and a half now. Okay, okay. So it's a very I'm interesting twice. journey as well. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I think so. We're going to discuss scaling engineering. <clears throat> so I think it's relevant right now for you to to let everyone know that is following us right now to understand how big is your engineering team, so that can people actually kind of relate to your situation, and then they can create some some mapping inside their heads with their current situation. So I think we can begin with you, Anna. So how big is the engineering team at Aptoid? So here in Aptoid, we are forty five engineers and out of 60 uh, employees. Okay, very well. And in your case, Miguel? Okay, uh, here we are uh, 23 engineers, uh, but as individual contributors, we, we, are, we have 16. Um, and out of around uh, 150 uh, employees. Okay, tell me one thing, you've just mentioned the individual contributors. Um, so do you have uh, differences between the roles in the engineering. So if you mentioned just individual contributors, mm -hmm. I imagine that you have people doing uh, other things. Can you give a little bit of an insight? How is the engineering team at UniPlaces uh, organized? Yeah, so basically we have cross-functional squads. They are divided not only uh, by, by technology or, or, or platform here at UniPlaces, they are divided, they are split by uh, business area. So they are cross-functional because they can work on that specific area from, from the beginning to the end. Uh, so, but they, they work in all platforms and all technologies that, that we have here. Um, it's, we divide the, the squads uh, by having three engineers, one product manager, one designer, and, and one data guy helping them. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. What about you, Anna? How is, how is things yeah. there uptight? So things here in Aptoid changed recently. So after Christmas, we reorganized the company. And right now we are organized by products, which means that we have a team for each product. For instance, I am in Aptoid Vanilla Aptoid. So we have inside this team, we have five Android developers. Um, we have one uh, guy that works with the web services for the, for the API. We have also uh, two designers um, and we have one uh, person for the tests and for the QA part. Also, we have a product manager that works with us for this product. And this is an example of the Uptoid team, but also we have the same kind of structure for the Uptoid TV team. And also for the, for instance, for the app coins, um, they have the engineers and also the product managers that, and the designers that they need to create the product. So basically we are right now we are organized as a full stack team. Okay, very interesting. Actually, I was going to, to ask this a little bit later on the conversation, but it seems from what you're, both of us, of, of you are saying is that you clearly favor more vertical teams than horizontal teams in terms of the way that you are organizing uh, the way you do your development. Is that the case? Uh, yes, right now. I can compare as we, can, as we were organized like before Christmas because before we were organized by the Android team, the web service team, the backend team, and the designs team. And on, I think I believe that during that time, it was more difficult to keep the, the, the priorities uh, along the different teams. Right now, because we work close with the design and the API team and also the QA team, I think it's much easier to everyone inside the team knows the priorities and to have things done quicker because everyone is working on the same on the same goals and trying to achieve the same results so i think comparing what has we were used to work and how are we right now i think this way of having the team all the people that we need to deliver a product working together i believe it's better yeah uh, i agree and and it also depends on the point of view because if we I can say that we are divided vertically if we, if we have a, a business standpoint, but on a, on a technology-wise, you, you, are, you are actually horizontal. Uh, it's for, de- for development, it makes, for me, it makes the whole sense for, for them to have full, full uh, autonomy on things and, and don't in, stop relying on, on other teams and the more flexible they can be, the better. Okay, very interesting. And tell me one thing. So- We've been talking a lot about teams um, and the way that you want the teams to work. Um, so regarding the development practices, uh, obviously uh, all of us that we are in the in this industry, we know that Agile is very popular. Um, probably Scrum is definitely the, 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 the biggest percentage of adoption. Although we have different flavors, there is also that uh, Spotify model that is very very popular and when you were describing me unique places it kind of remind me a little mm-hmm. bit of that of that model too uh miguel do, how do you how would you describe uh, like the practice of your development so are you kind of an agile team scrum more into the spotify mm-hmm. model so how do you work over there i think it's a mix because uh, honestly i think everyone has their uh, way of doing scrum uh, <laughs> so <laughs> it, it's it's a mix so we're trying to, to find out the best the best practices uh uh, among the, all the all the the practices that, that you see, um, so what we have is 
we allow the teams to choose if they want to go Kanban or, or if they want to go uh, Scrum. Uh, uh, we actually allow them also to under, to, to see like uh, if this, this doing, by doing Scrum, if they want to, to have sprints for, for one week or two weeks. It really depends on team in, and team dynamics. Uh, we want to allow them to, to actually see what, what's the best thing for them. Uh, but uh, alongside um, Agile and everything else, I think that we really follow DevOps culture. So it's kind of, mm. again, the mix of everything. We really want to reduce feedback loops. Uh, and that is aligned with, with everything else. Uh, so we, we don't try to follow strictly one or the other. We, we do have some objectives and some goals that we want to meet. So reducing, reducing feedback loops, uh, trying to improve our codes, trying to improve uh, the time that we take to, to release and everything else. Uh, that's, that this will be our main, our main goal. Uh, and then whatever you want to, to choose, you, you can choose. Very interesting. What about time time? Can choose. <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, I, I don't believe that like one size fits all. So here, um, for instance, Aptoid Vanilla team um, is working on Scrum uh, with Scrum and we have sprints of two weeks. Um, but the other team like Aptoid TV, it's also working on Scrum, but the sprints are uh, four week sprints. And there's another project that is starting right now and because of that reason, because it's starting right now, we believe that Scrum would not be a good fit. So we decided to go uh, with Canva. So because it's the first steps of a new product, really, really, really the first steps we are researching. So it doesn't make sense to have all this, um, com not complexity, but all these uh, meetings and all these requirements that the Scrum um, tell us to do. And we should do if we are trying to follow that kind of methodology doesn't make sense in a project that is just giving the first steps. So that's why we decided to go um, and follow a Canva methodology. So yeah, there's other teams working on Scrum with different sprints. We don't have a rule for a sprint size. Every team uh, finds out what it, what it's best for the team. I think it's great for you to, to actually to take a, a look into the context and then kind of decide the, the right approach instead of just kind of blindly follow. I think that's yeah. definitely very healthy and the, and the way to go. Um, since we're talking about scaling engineering teams, one thing that, I, that I've seen, I think that I think it's starting to be a trend here in Portugal, but definitely abroad is something that is very, very common is to have, you know, remote teams, remote engineering, uh, engineers working. Um, and obviously that brings different challenges to, to, to our engineering teams. Um, so I think we can start with, uh, with you, Anna. So in terms of, uh, of remote working, having just one engineer or a full team working in a different location, so how, how does Aptoid deals with mm -hmm. this remote phenomenon? Yeah, uh, there are people that in some parts during their contract with Aptoid, they have worked remotely. For instance, when we recruit people from abroad, sometimes in the beginning, they start working remotely and just after a while, if things go well, they move and they come here. Um, having one person uh, working remotely indefinitely, we don't have that kind of situation. But also because we have people from abroad, it makes sense that they want to go home and maybe spend more days of vacations there and work remotely. So there's a, po uh, there's a policy for remote work per year, but each case is a case. In the beginning, uh, yes, it happens, but it's not, we don't have a, a person that is working remotely all the time indefinitely. That doesn't happen. 
What about any places, Miguel? Uh, yeah, yeah, we are actually uh, thinking on, on expanding like the remote possibilities uh, because of a lot of factors like talent pool. Um, it's it might be easier to it, probably it's much easier to 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 hire uh, like a lot of reasons like remote remote uh, work has a lot of a lot of benefits, uh, but but we also need to think what what actually what's really remote uh, because for us remote and we do have that we do have some developers that are. Uh, indefinitely uh, working working uh, remote, but it's like one developer in one squad. It's not like the full squad or 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 or, um, or like a full function being remote. Uh, by, by by when we say remote, like we really need to to be remote friendly. And by remote friendly, not it's not only allowing developers to be to be out of the office. Is actually the company needs to be remote also in the office. So you need to prepare with a lot of tools. Uh, you need to prepare uh, with the time zones. It's not, you, can, you can just hire uh, someone in Brazil or, or but that has a, a, a difference in six to seven hours and just let's, let's, let's yeah. see that this, this will work. Um, so yeah, we are exploring this. Uh, we really want to increase the talent pool. Uh, not saying that Portugal isn't, don't have a lot of talent, but there are specific areas where it, where it makes sense and also uh, have new, they give us new perspectives. So this is some, really something that we're looking for. No, that's very interesting, though, know, because <clears throat> my take regarding remote is that, so remote to me, it's like almost like twofold, because yeah. yes, definitely more talent yeah. pool, you can, you can reach to engineers that otherwise would not be possible at all. But then mm -hmm. we really need to kind of to wait our options and try to make sure that if we maintain someone on, in, in remote on the long run, probably that people will be less engaged or more demotivated. Yeah, yeah. Also, team dynamics is very different. No, absolutely. So I think it's something that we really need to, <clears throat> to take in consideration. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think, I think we need to find like a sweet spot between in-office and, and remote work for us to take full advantage of it. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and then we think, so we've talking now, <clears throat> our conversation has moved a little bit into the into abroad. Um, so, you know, I, I think that let's say 10 years ago or so, uh, Dublin started to be like a very interesting city for people from Europe to, to move to Dublin to start working. You know, I, if, I'm, if my memory doesn't fail me, uh, Facebook opened over there, Google, they attract talent from Spain, Portugal, uh, England, Italy, and so. Um, and we've seen actually a lot of people moving into Dublin. Then I think that that trend moved a little bit from Dublin to Berlin, and then everybody was moving into Berlin, and we started to see a lot of people moving over there. Um, and now it seems like Portugal, mainly Lisbon, obviously, it seems now to be like the city to be, uh, to be in. To be. Um, so do you see, uh, or how easy it is for you to, to attract talent from the rest of Europe to join Lisbon, or do you see it as something that is quite challenging for you? Uh, I don't know, maybe we can start with you, Miguel. So what's, mm -hmm. how it is at UniPlace in terms of attracting talent from abroad to join mm -hmm. your team in Lisbon? Uh, it's not very, actually not very hard. Like I think everyone that comes to Lisbon likes Lisbon, uh, even though we, they are in other cities. Uh, then it's on you to uh, create brand awareness, not thinking only in Portugal, but also in Europe and, 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 and other continents. Uh, if you do have some brand awareness on a technical perspective and, and you, you find attractive enough to, to hire someone independently of, the, um, of the, the location where you're at, like Lisbon is, it's a plus. Uh, so you, you can use Lisbon as a plus, you know, and not as a as, as something that should be the the deciding factor. Uh, it's actually it's being very quite easy for us to to hire uh, from abroad. Um, so it's mostly brand awareness, like think think global, 
and, and use Lisbon to and use Lisbon and Portugal, and not only Lisbon, use Portugal to to as a as a, a plus and not as like the Holy Grail. Very well. Yeah, I, I agree with you when you say that now Lisbon, I think it's like a trendy place to live or to be. So everyone wants to come here. But anyway, we, I think it's hard. Um, it has been hard for the HR team to recruit uh, talent from abroad. Anyway, we have been doing, although it's not that easy, uh, but we have people here in the office that comes from other places like Brazil, or Malaysia, we have a co-worker also from United States, Spain and England. So yes, we, we have people from abroad, but as far as I am aware, it's not that easy to bring uh, people uh, here. Okay, no, that's interesting. I totally agree, you know, because mm -hmm. I think that regardless of everything, salaries are a little bit different. Cost of living obviously is also very different. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that definitely we, Probably it's, we have more challenges than, let's say, Dublin. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah. although we have great weather and food, so then... <laughs> we have our positive <laughs> points also. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so some other things. So <clears throat> we've been talking about hiring people uh, and obviously um, Aptoid, Uniplaces, TalkDesk, other, other scale-ups. We are always uh, interested in, in hiring the right talent. And as soon as we find good talent, we want to hire them because we are growing as a company. So... A couple of weeks ago, maybe a couple of months, uh, I've I've I saw a very interesting article <clears throat> from David uh, Einmeier Hansen, DHH. So he's pretty much one of the creators of Ruby on Rails, and he has a company called Basecamp. And he wrote a, a post very interesting that he pretty much said things are going so well that we are doing a hiring freeze. Um, and this, to me, obviously grab all, all my attention because when things are going very well, the companies are usually growing and they want to go even further you know, because we want to deliver more to our customers. So usually you see that as long as business is going, the company is going too. But in this specific case, and this was obviously in the US, somebody said, you know what? This is going everything so, so well that we, we are not going to hire anyone for, the, for this year. Um, what are your interpretation of, of, of DHH words? I don't, I don't know. know. Do you need to start or, or should um, you oh. can go ahead, Miguel, if you want. Yeah, I can start. Uh, yeah, DHH is a very interesting person. Uh, he's very, very opinionated and also kind of revolutionary uh, on everything he does. Um, and this is probably one of the things that I agree with them. Um, and they're, they're not many. <laughs> it's one of the things I agree with them. <laughs> Uh, it's actually because uh, it makes the whole sense. If, if we really have a look on, on, on our development works, uh, it's, I think there's a misconception where, where you think like we, we, we are well, let's hire more. Um, if uh, like the company is, is growing, it's because we need to hire more. It's, it's not necessarily the case. Uh, it's because if you, if you really have a look like you're not, you will not be making technical depth or architectural decisions to, to make your developers more efficient uh, while you're having, while you're bad at business. Uh, you, you need to be well at the, at the company. The company needs to be healthy to, to manage to have uh, like for the engineers to sit and guys, let's, let's, let's think how we can improve. Let's see how we can do better with less. Um, and so it may uh, Yeah, you you yeah, he muted for a second. Oh, you mute yourself. Uh, yeah, there <laughs> you go. Interesting. Um, so it, it, it will be, it's a balance, and I agree. Uh, whenever you see that the, the, the business is healthy, 
it's the best time for you to, to actually think and scale uh, scale with with uh, in, like brains and not with uh, uh, like brute force. Let, let's hire a lot of engineers. <laughs> oh, definitely. What about you, Anna? What's yeah. your interpretation yeah. of DHH words? Yeah, I think. I believe that it's hard to, to grow and keep the culture that you have. And if you think if you are in a good place growing and still be in that good place, it's hard to achieve. So I understand his words from this point of view. Um, because you want to keep the culture. If you think the culture that you have at the moment, it's good. You want to keep it and you want to grow well, not grow just by growing. So it's hard, it's hard to do that. Yeah. Absolutely, I totally agree with you. I think it's it's a huge challenge for you to, mm -hmm. you know. And in this case, we are lucky enough to have Miguel here. This is from the beginning, unique places, and definitely you 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 face a lot of challenges between, let's say, having a team of ten, then mm -hmm. twenty, forty, yeah. and growing up up to one hundred or so. Definitely, the company has very momentums and and it's very different the dynamics that you have when you are very small and you're just like a, a shy startup and then all of a sudden you're scale up very successful and this actually leads me to my next question that is how do you keep maintain your culture with the growth of your team or does your culture evolve with time how how do you deal with that i think like the culture will always change uh, as you keep growing but it's impossible to 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 be always the same uh, also, like if you consider doing remote, it will also have an impact on culture. I think it's very, very important. What is really important is to keep the values, like those two to three values that you really want to have. Uh, it's not even only in engineering, but like across the company. Uh, like try to identify your values and, and stick with them. Uh, because it's not because you're, you're three, three people in, in a company or 200, like those values will be there. Uh, like the culture, then the culture will, will, will evolve. You will have, will have more values or, or more, or more ways of, of working and staying at the company uh, that will always like evolve. Um, but I think you should keep like two to three, two, three values and not only uh, in our teams, but always on, on a company wide perspective. Yeah. What about yeah. you, Anna? Uh, I believe that um, if the teams are growing, the team should work well together as long as it, it, it go and grows and grows. The integration of the team, I think it's, it's important. Also, if you are in the company since the beginning and if you are used to have these lines of communication with, the, with this other people in the company, I think with the growth of the company, you should be able to keep these lines of communication between, between everyone in the company. If you, I think if you feel that you start losing the ability to communicate with other people inside the company, that, that's not a good sign. Also, has as Pedro was, uh, um, was sorry, uh, as, uh, as Miguel was saying, um, I think it's really important to, to tell about the mission and the values of the company and have everyone aboard and in line with the mission of the company. I think that's really important. Oh, absolutely. I totally agree. I think it's, it's very interesting to follow all the... The, the evolution of a company and mm -hmm. making sure that even the people that are from the beginning still feel engaged with mm -hmm. let's say yeah. the new culture and they still have the sense the sense of belonging because obviously as the company evolves people kind of need mm -hmm. to start to re-engage in the company since the company is completely different with having let's say 300 people and with just like 20 um, yeah. so yeah I, I totally agree with you all of you um so tell me one thing so i think that People are kind of questioning, say, okay, so we are seeing here a couple of very successful companies. Probably everything is like super easy for them. Uh, but obviously, 
we, we know from the inside that all of us, we have tons of challenges and every single day we face challenges and it's, uh, and it's something that probably it's what, what makes us going forward. Um, so in your opinion, what's the biggest challenge that you are facing right now uh, in terms of, uh, of scaling your team? So what's, what's, mm-hmm. what's keeping you busy today? Uh, I would say, as I said before, uh, mentioning we came from, we were organized in a certain way and then we changed to this new way. Mm-hmm. So being, having people organized by technology and now by product, it has been a big change. And we are uh, working uh, and trying to get better with this new organization. Also, uh, after a while, we start using Scrum. So this methodology is something new for us. So it brings questions and it brings problems and we are trying to solve and we are trying to get better using this methodology. So I believe that right now, uh, those are the big, the big two uh, challenges that we have. Um, thinking as a product team and not as a, a technology team as we have been doing in the past and uh, be more comfortable uh, using the Scrum methodologies. I think th- these are the big problems and that we are facing right now. But I'm sure, but it's going good. And I believe it will, it, the products will have, you will see better products coming out from this new, new organization and rearrangements of the teams. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like biggest challenge, probably communication. Uh, <laughs> uh, as it grows, like communication is always a problem. Um, and then, oh my God, I forgot the second one. Uh, but yeah, it's it's mostly communication. Okay, and 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 junior to senior um, balance because it's very it, it, when you when you like you, when you really need to hire like you have those higher goals, um, and if you don't really specify specify like the level of seniority that you that you want, like uh, it's very hard for you to, to to not hire like junior to mid developers when you want when you actually want a senior guy. And then you really feel it on, on, on the teams because you are expecting that level of, of expertise, expertise or, or like natural mentorship that, that the teams should have. Mm-hmm. And they just don't have because like, even though like the juniors or mid developers might be super, super uh, um, hard workers and, and, they, and they can actually deliver, then we'll, it will miss like the, the mentorship uh, part uh, that, we, that we need or the expertise in some specific fields uh, that you'll miss, and then then it's all about the, the balance where from juniors to, to seniors. Yeah. These are the two main the two main things that we that we that we have. No, I, I agree. As soon as you start scaling, communication gets much trickier, you know, and making sure that everybody is involved and on in in the loop. Uh, yeah. Definitely, that's that's like almost like a nightmare because there is so much you can do. <laughs> then, then it's not only communication; it's like what what you really want to communicate, what do you really need to communicate, uh, and like yeah. it's the yeah, it's it's a challenge. <laughs> no, very well. Uh, and tell me one thing. So we, now we're talking a little bit more about the engineers and making sure that they are all on the same page. And obviously, I'm pretty sure, um, just like TalkDesk, Aptoid, any places, we are all searching for engineers. Um, so, Anna, in, in your case in Aptoid, uh, and now let's say if by some reason we have engineers listening to us and kind of wondering, hmm, I actually would like to, to join one of these companies. Uh, what what does Aptoid look for in a, on an engineer? On engineering. We are, we are looking for talent engineers. Um, we are looking for people that are able to solve problems and not be afraid of problems. If you are working with technology, things change so fast, so quick, all the time. 
it's you have to keep uh, yourself updated with what's going on. Also, we are looking for people um, with initiative. And also, it's really important to be a good team player because here we all work in teams. So you are not going to work by yourself, isolated in a corner. So it's really important to, to work and be able to work in a team. So I would say talent, uh, have a, 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 a problem, uh, a solving problems, a kind of mindset, and also uh, be a good uh, team player. What about you, Mia? Uh, actually, have four that I always look look. Uh, it's basically creativity at problem solving, um, passion, mentorship, and empathy. Uh, and I say like mentorship because you we, we are always trying to find like the 10x developer. Uh, so it's it's impossible to always find a 10x developer, but it's very good to to have to make someone to be one. Um, and it's for us, it's very good. Like passion is super important for him to, to keep growing. It's impossible for, for an engineer to, to, to just be stuck in a technology or in a way of doing things. Uh, problem solving, problem solving, like creativity is very important for us. We don't really care. Like if you're, pro if you're coding one language or another, like it's super important to, to actually like solve the problem. This is what engineers do. Um, empathy because it's also, you, you can have the best developer uh, you can get if he doesn't if he doesn't work in a team not only in engineering like understand the struggles that other teams have uh, uh, they 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 need to like to empathize with with, with that and then mentorship it's again like a good engineer needs to to be a multiplier to the other ones cool okay I think I, I can relate with both of your descriptions, definitely we want smart people and, and brave enough to take chances. Um, at least that's what I tell to my guys, like don't be afraid of taking risks, otherwise magic won't happen. Um, so we talked about uh, hiring, right? So scaling, we want to hire people, we want to grow as a company. Another very interesting point here that we have is regarding the retention, right? So we want to hire people, but we don't want the people that we currently have to leave, right? And just like we mentioned, Lisbon is now a very trendy city. Portugal is coming out on the news. Now we have the Web Summit and so. Uh, so we have a lot of things that that pretty much are turning the, the, the all the attention to, to Portugal, even more companies opening, you know. We've talked about Google opening in Lisbon, Amazon opening in Porto. So a lot of startups and scale-ups, but besides that, big companies from, from abroad that want to open a, a, an office or, uh, I don't know, it's an office, not a headquarter, but something like a presence here in, in, in Portugal. So how hard it is for you to retain your talent? Uh, what sort of strategies do you use? Do you see that as something that is impacting you a lot or actually is not that case? I, I think it has, it has not been very hard to retain the, the, the talent here. There are people that are here in Uptight since the beginning, mm -hmm. since the very beginning, and it's quite uh, quite... I would say like more than five that are here since the beginning. So, um, but I, I think there's a good environment to work here and between all the teams and the, and the people inside. And I think this all of course helps the retention. Um, and I think that's the, the good environment for work. I think it's one of the, the key points. Also on the other side, um, and more recently, we tried to uh, to talk about the mission and the vision of the company to everyone in an open way. And having that in mind, we start working with OKRs and to have this vision, not only for the year, but also 
for the each quarter. And so we have been having these sessions uh, per quarter talking about the vision of the company. And I think that also helps uh, if everyone knows where where are we going and what are the goals and what, what are the main the main objectives. Yeah. Uh, cool. On our side, uh, I think retention is starts on, on hiring, actually. Uh, so if you hire passionate developers and you can feed them with information and keep them growing and have, and then have a very clear career path, uh, their retention will work. So here at Union Places, for instance, we, we don't have, like it's very rare to, to have someone leaving us before, like after two years. We like the average is two to three years. Um, the, the people that left, uh, they were mostly, uh, it was mostly personal reasons, like they really wanted to go abroad or, or something else. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I think, re- and again, retention is uh, very important to, to have a clear career path, uh, make developers, feed the developers with information, make, make, them, think they, make them think they are uh, developing and being better, better professionals. And then it's uh, uh, like the, the, whole, the whole culture thing that we were talking about, like keeping these three, three main things, I think it's the most important Thing and, and it's been working for us. Yeah, very well. You know, actually about retention, I think that's that's very, very hard for us as a scale scale ups to to retain people because I think today we have a lot of challenges to to make sure that uh, uh, our people stay with us and and I've seen a very interesting article a couple of, of weeks ago. I think it was from HBR, Harvard, Harvard Business Review, and they were they published the, the retention period of um, a Silicon Valley engineer and I think like the, the the maximum amount of time that someone would stay in the company, and this is more for, for comparing with other industries, was two years, and it was at Google. Uh, then a little bit below that, I think it would be uh, like one year and 10 months or so. Then you have Facebook, and then you have all the others. So And that was pretty much it. So imagine mm-hmm. yourself in Silicon Valley hiring someone and probably saying, okay, so I'm going to have this guy for two, yeah. two years and that's it. Uh, <laughs> that, that, that's the maximum. Exactly. <laughs> if, you're, if you're lucky. <laughs> no, and that's, that's hard for, for us as, as companies because we attract the right talent. We, we educate them. We give them the right experience, mm-hmm. the right tools, you know, and they, they grow with us. And as soon as you notice, Goodbye. There, there, they will go yeah. to to another adventure. But well, I think it's it's the the way of, mm. of, of life. Um, I think I have uh, Randy. Do we have time for one last question? You do. Okay, cool. So I have one last question for you. Um, so we're talking about scaling, right? So, uh, for instance, here at TalkDesk, uh, we started uh, at, in Lisbon and obviously in San Francisco. Uh, but as soon as we noticed, we were opening an office in Porto too because we want to hire more talent. We've noticed that some people from Porto were not that keen to move into Lisbon and the other way around. So we opened more, more locations to make sure that we can attract more talent. And even in the U.S., we are now opening an office in Salt Lake City. Um, so taking consideration now, Aptide and Uniplaces, so both, both of these companies were born in Lisbon. In Lisbon. Um, so do you, did you already have plans to move into, not move, but to open a, a, a new location? Do you think this is something that it would make sense mm-hmm. in, your, in your reality or this is something that never crossed your mind? Yeah, um, right now Aptide has offices here in Lisbon. Singapore and also in China. Um, right now, uh, it's n- no one said anything. It's in 2018 that is not going to, to happen. Um, after, uh, not sure of it. But for now, uh, we are not. It's not in the plans to open another another office. Oh. 
What about uni places, Miguel? Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward for that for like for two years, <laughs> two years now. Uh, but I really believe in like the talent that Port Coimbra Braga, for instance, have. Like the ecosystem is really growing a lot, and you see, I really see that the quality is awesome. Um, and it will be good for us to also have like we have offices in, in other cities like in Europe also, but it's mostly we don't have development there. Uh, I would li- really love to, and we have some plans to to open office in another city in in in, in Portugal to actually improve the tel- the talent pool again and and see make let's use Portugal and not only Lisbon. Okay, I totally agree. I know. I think that obviously it's very easy for us to just focus on on the capital. Uh, but yeah, at least I'm talking for myself. I'm based in Porto too, so definitely in Porto we have a lot of talent. Just like Miguel said, we have Braga, Vero, so uh, city is very close to Porto with a lot of very interesting talent that that comes out of college every single year. Um, so yeah, I think that's definitely a, a logical yeah. a logical choice for a company that wants to grow, starts having an, more offices, making sure that they can attract the, the talent that they need. Mm-hmm. Um, Randy, I think I think that's it from my side. I just want to thank Anna and Miguel for being so thank kind you. to be with us and, and to, to answer thank all you. these questions and being awesome. Um, back to you, Randy. Yeah, and thank you, and thank you, Pedro. Good, good discussion. We we especially want to thank our audience for being with us on Facebook Live. You can find us here every Monday to watch a, another episode of Scale Up Heroes. Uh, visit ScaleUpAcademy.io to learn more about us. And if you like the show, uh, we hope that you'll hit that like button and share today's show. I'm your host, Randy Cantrell, and next week uh, we're going to talk about scaling marketing. So until then, have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye.